0: hello and welcome to the patchwork jukebox a podcast where we use the songs and albums that matter to you to stitch together the story of your life I'm big boy and I'm Penel and we're very excited to be here
1: so let's go <music> Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of The Patchwork Jukebox. Yes. I am Pinnell, And I'm Big Boy. And we have just another really fantastic, exciting guest for you tonight. We have the creator and the director of Ascent Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a great human, um, a great musician himself, and just a brilliant uh, musical mind. It's none other than Jonathan Bristow. Welcome to the
2: show, Mr. Yeah. Bristow. Hey, thanks, Pinel Thanks, big boy. I'm so stoked to be on the show. appreciate you guys having me. This is going to be a fun time.
1: Oh, we can't wait. And I, I particularly um, cannot wait to hear your answers because I know you're at, if I know you, you've probably spent 48 to 72 hours on this and change your answers five or six times
2: that's right that's right and i i, I hate that you know me that well but that's exactly right i've got like notes about, Perfect. <laughs> about my answers to the questions so
1: which is what we uh, want to hear man that's the whole purpose of this so. yeah,
0: i love it we want all the stress to happen before you start the interview so that when we're doing this it's just fun that's exactly right this flows <laughs> that's right i love it
1: We have a bunch of listeners out there that may not know what Ascent Radio is. And if you could take a few minutes just to to plug this amazing project you got going, I think it would uh, benefit
2: our listeners. Absolutely. I'd love to do that. So Ascent Radio is music that moves us onward and upward, music for a better world. If you went online and downloaded our app from the Apple or Google Play Store, you would find an app right now in its current incarnation. We're only a few months into the game here, but you'd find a listening experience that's something like clicking onto Pandora and you find yourself immersed in a musical listening experience that is all handcrafted and picked by music enthusiasts. And the really interesting and sort of compelling piece to the whole deal is it's curated around this idea of ascent. Uh, So there's this common thread, this common theme that weaves through this very diverse and eclectic blend of music uh, that ties all these things together uh, around this idea of our collective human ascent. And I mean, we're on a, a an ascent as people together, as we're learning how to live and navigate in the world, we're on an ascent, each of us individually in our pursuit of who we are. And so that's what the music, uh, all, all of the music on the station is, is curated around as a sort of unifying concept. And so you've got Music heads that are working together to put these uh, amazing tracks that kind of cover every era and genre of music uh, around this sort of common theme, and so, and then we we work with with different ideas, and in, you know, in February we covered Black History Month, and so we had a team of curators mm-hmm. of folks that helped us put that together. We did Women's History Month, and in, in March and we just got done with that. So, sort of everything has that sort of social lean to it, where we're We're learning to listen, not just for our personal preferences and the things that we like to listen to, but perhaps to hear something that we never would have found ourselves because it's this sort of communal, immersive experience that way. So that's what we're up to. And if that sounds interesting, you can download the app today. Our website is www.ascent.fm. You can check out more information about us there find our facebook page and follow us or instagram feed we're getting ready to start up TikTok too which is going to be fun oh there we go yeah kind of get a new way of 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 getting some things out there and and plug in the station so some cool stuff going on got to reach the kids that's right absolutely i don't know what i'm doing i've literally like been researching okay what is this like new thing what am i doing how does this work yeah exactly how do i do
1: the tickety talk
2: (laughs) that's right exactly
1: but it sounds amazing so it's it's music with the purpose that's right, and with the cause, and 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 so, do you, what are some of your your plans or dreams or visions for the future? Like, like I, I I love the fact that it's listening and it's enjoyable, but there's also a reason behind it. I mean, where do you hope to take this thing?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the long term hopes. I mean, we're you know, I I started the organization and started the work on it about a year ago, and and uh, sort of launched officially as a business last August and got on air in October. So we're kind of in the beginnings, but uh, long term i mean i'm starting to kind of build uh, some partners out from that we're going to establish the the station as a, a fully uh, a 501c3 nonprofit oh. so it's its own organization uh, sort of form a board of directors and kind of i mean run this thing like it's you know the real deal uh, radio experience for people so we'll have a whole team of, of folks in different roles with the station and kind of helping with all different aspects of that but the main thing that we are really hoping to do is, you know, inspire hope and change in the world through the power of oh, song. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's if there's anything, this is the reason y'all are doing this particular mm-hmm. uh, this particular show is because you know the power of music. I mean, it has the power to move us forward, to change us, to you know, and uh, and does that in such a unique way as the you know we call it the universal language, right? Right. And so, you know, we're hoping to be able to utilize tools online. Uh, we'll be eventually launching our own blog that has, you know, topics that we're thinking about at the station for people to interact with. We'll have sort of our own built-in message boards, you know, where we can uh, literally, you know, it's like we're thinking about, okay, let's put, a get to, put, put together a set for uh, 4th of July and let's see what people think about if we're looking at the topic of freedom you know what does it look like for us to be a people who are still in pursuit of this ideal and the goods of that the bads of that how do we explore that in music hmm. it's like we can open up those kinds of topics for folks and then have them say well this is the song that comes to mind for me and then when fourth of july rolls around we've got this whole day of music that no matter where people are they can tune in and sort of hear that's experience awesome. that's yeah so it's really building community you know around music learning to listen to music as a way of you know inspiring change in people so
0: i love that it's like radio with a conscience but minus the pretense because i listen to it all the time and i've thanks to you and ascent radio i'm now madly in love with mo's death like you're introducing (laughs) me to things that i should have known by now right (laughs) that that won't happen if there's a pretentious attitude toward you know ascent radio but you guys have like it's real it's heartfelt you're looking mm. in all directions for music that matters. And I, it's really exciting and fun
2: to listen to. Well, thanks, man. That's super. I mean, that's, that's the best feedback we could get. You know, as, you know, we hope to, you know, we're not really looking at the charts, you know, in terms of what's right. new and hot right. and trying to get everything that, you know, everybody's listening to. But really, there's, a, there's a, a stricter filter, you know, of looking for stuff that really has something to say to us. And so no matter what decade or era or genre that came from, Um, you know, that's what we're doing. So I'm, I'm grateful to know as, as invested as you both have been Tom, and I appreciate that feedback. I'm so glad that it's been uh, beneficial to you so far.
1: Heck yeah, for sure, dude. So we're excited. So they can go one more time. It's just ascent, A-S-C-E-N-T dot F-M. Mm -hmm.
2: Yep. Just pop that in and yeah, we'll come up. You can check out the website there or or, uh, like I said, on Facebook and, and Instagram, we're, we're putting stuff up there and trying to keep up with updates about what's going on. So,
1: Well, look, man, as someone who clearly values the power of music, the universality of music, (laughs) um, the, the language that, you know, that, that extends beyond human language of music, we're really excited to hear how you answer these questions. Are you ready to jump in and build your patchwork jukebox? Let's
2: do it. Let's sort of get to the patchwork. I'm loving the show. I've listened to every episode already. So I'm, <laughs> well, thank I'm you. excited to dive in. <laughs> all right, start us <laughs> off, big boy. I want to right, hear man. what he
0: says. I'm excited. Before we have any questions, I'm just really excited to get some bumps and bruises from John Bristow. <laughs> the quirks and kinks. Like, I need to know all the stuff. So. Absolutely. All right. We're, we're, we'll get some of that. That's for sure. Good, good. Well, John, <clears throat> what
2: song makes you think the most of your childhood? Yeah, I love this. As I started thinking about like what that means, you know, you can't really think of, at least for me, you know, it's like our experience as kids of music relies so much on other people, right? Particularly, yes. I think for most of us, our parents. Yeah. You know, it's like we we grow up in those really early years listening to your parents' music, you know. So my folks were. You know, those are kind of the generation that migrated from the music of their upbringing, sort of the pop and rock of the '60s and '70s, and all of that. Uh, and then by the, you know, mid '80s, had become fully immersed into the country music genre. At that, oh you know, wow! At that point, it's like I think there was sort of a whole like movement of a generation. That's kind of how how things evolved. At least a lot of folks that I know, and so. You know, while there was some exception uh, to this and uh, notable stuff, you know, my early childhood was definitely saturated in the country of the 80s and early 90s. Wow. Uh, I just about died when uh, I was listening to the Brothers Read episode that y'all dropped today and y'all were talking about the sexiest song ever, and <laughs> they brought up Chattahoochee by Alan Jackson. <laughs> I just roared like I couldn't believe the answer, and then I started thinking about it, and it's like a good, a good like insight into my life is, is myself and my little brother had every every word of that song like memorized, <laughs> and so my, it, was, it, gets, it gets better. So one of my uncles, and I, I still to this day, it doesn't it doesn't totally make sense as to like how he he went there and then stuck by this, but he he called us Chat and Hoochie. Oh, luckily geez. luckily I was Chat and my little brother was Hoochie. <laughs> but it's like you know we would like be asked to you know stand up and do, you know do the song kind of thing. So that that's oh how much gosh. country music Epic. was. In and around my life sonically in those early years, and so I'm kind of off on a tangent here. But that—that's wonderful. I, that, that just caught me. Their answer, I just—I I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, it caught um, us too for different reasons. Yeah, well, yeah, Are absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I would have never in my wildest dreams put that as sexiest song ever. No, but, but it worked. It worked. It, it did, it did. I loved it. And I loved, I loved how that everybody needs to listen to that one, by the way, if you haven't yet, because the conversation that ensues from that, that selection was... <laughs> And how right.
1: providential that! Right. I know. How did we know that less than twenty-four hours we would actually be talking to chat?
2: Right? Yeah, we, we,
1: we had no idea. Like, That's like, right. Wow, exactly. How did that just work out.
2: Exactly. So you,
1: um, we started out with, with country music. That's, that's, that's fantastic. But absolutely. do you have a song? So the,
2: yeah. So the song, sorry, I got lost there. Uh, tying in the, no, it's good. Uh, the brothers read there, but Great story. So the song, the song from my, the, my youth, uh, that, that I just so resonates is it's the track meet in the middle by diamond Rio. Oh yeah. Um, I
1: know that song. Wow.
2: Absolutely. I'll start walking your way. You start walking mine. We'll meet in the middle near the, the old
1: Georgia pie.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so my, my mom, you know, she loved uh, the Juds. Gosh, I couldn't even mm-hmm. believe the other day hearing about it. Yeah. You know, crazy. Um, but you know, she, my mom loved the Juds, Pam Tillis, Trisha Yearwood. But for me, you know, I've sort of all of my life been a sucker for like like the country rock sound, that was sort right. of my, like, you know, and so all those groups that kind of came out of the eighties you know, kind of starting with Alabama, but there was the, you know, Diamond Rio, Sawyer Brown, little Texas, all the, you know, nitty gritty dirt band kind of came back around, you know, with all these bands and that, that era of country music. But of course those groups, like, you know, they've all cut their teeth on that sound that was sort of started by Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, the birds, right. the Eagles, you know, and it's like, that was sort of the stuff that like tied in my folks Love of country music, but sort of this other stuff. And so makes that, sense, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that that sort of is where that all came from for me. But but Diamond Rio, uh, Meet in the Middle is just that song. It just Great makes me song. Feel, it's, it just makes me feel warm, you know. It's like thinking back on like summers of of youth and uh, you know being out, going out camping or fishing, whatever we were doing, uh, driving around, just hearing that. And I've always loved to sing. Singing has just kind of been my thing, and so you know, that song's got those soaring harmonies. And I mean, even as a little kid, I could sing it up one side, down the other sort of thing. And it's, it's one of the songs that transports. Like if I think of myself as a little kid, that's exactly I, what the question is. Yeah, supposed exactly. To do. Yeah. Like I hear, I hear that song, uh, and, and definitely sort of takes you back to that space. So perfect. That's a little, a great.
1: a little Southern fried, um, Laurel Canyon vibe,
2: if you will. Right. Yeah. How strange. Huh? From a kid that grew up in the Pacific
1: Northwest. So put <laughs> right, all that together. Exactly. Well, let's just so. keep like this nostalgic vibe going then. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm really interested to know if you can remember um what's the first music purchase you remember buying for yourself? So it wasn't your parents' choice anymore. That's right. This was you picking something out.
2: Yeah, I love this question because there was a there was a clear Uh, there's a clear line of demarcation uh, Mm -hmm. for me and how kind of how this came together. Uh, And sort of before, (laughs) before I answer this one, once again, sort of a caveat, it's like (laughs) parents music is sort of how I find my way into those songs of the childhood youth. But you know, another, another part of my context, my stories, I grew up in, you know, what's a, a, a pretty, sort of conservative like fear-based christian uh-huh. faith tradition and so you know that was sort of what i was immersed in and so my, my folks were never uh you know particularly staunch or or strict necessarily around some of those things but you know those those sort of traditions and and things you know it's like made made quite an impression and so me stepping into my own realm of music was not necessarily a far leap uh in terms of kind of the environment that i was immersed in as, as a kid but uh there's So it the, wasn't 2 Live Crew. I'm <laughs> no. guessing and one 2 Live but you know what's interesting actually there's not really connection to 2 Live Crew but um, <laughs> but what's interesting is um what i love about this is uh it, it was sort of me um sort of unbeknownst stepping into things that were going to make a huge, a huge difference to me in terms of finding my own, oh, my nice. own way and my own self and, and things. And so the first, the first uh, cassette that I went and bought, uh, I had been following this band for some time. Um, and uh, it was definitely music that had nothing to do with country. Uh, this band sort of talked about themselves as sort of this blend of rap, rock and soul, uh, and, Whoa. uh, in 1995, uh, I had to get my mom to take me to Sam Goody at the mall so I could pick up the cassette single of this band that I, that had really made an impression on me. It was kind of teaching me and moving me into things that I hadn't really ever thought of before. So the band, uh, at this time was DC talk. Oh, and they were, they were sort of my, uh, they were my first band. It was like, that was the band that I followed. And so the the single that had come out uh, before the album dropped in 1995 was Jesus Freak. Uh-huh. Uh, oh yeah, of course.
1: It was so a huge
2: album. It was a huge album. And, you know, what's so interesting about it as I, as I was thinking back and, and looking on it, of course, I was saying a moment ago, like this was the first time that this was my band. This is mm-hmm. my music. This is bringing in, uh, you know, for the first time in my world, you know, harder alternative type stuff. Uh, but especially was an introduction to me for hip hop, which Mm -hmm. ended up being super important in my journey. Um, this, you know, here's this little CCM band that, uh, you know, in their own way was pretty a revolutionary band and the kind of stuff, but even in even more so than the introduction to hip hop and some alternative rock and stuff that, you know, that they were sort of modeled after from their own peers. Um, one of the things that was really transformative for me is that this was a band that, um, first of all, even in the, in the Christian music world, it's like they were bringing in um, a lot of stuff that had never been heard before, but particularly, uh, this is a band that was talking openly and outwardly about racism in America. Uh-huh. Yes. And for the first time in my life, I'm hearing this message about not stuff that's happening a long time ago. Like i'm learning in school right right you know it's like you're learning about the civil rights movement and stuff going on in the 1960s and dr king and here's this band you know that's got all this you know face stuff in their music but it's like they're willing to step in and have a conversation every album and and multiple tracks on the album they had the song walls that Mm -hmm. uh, in 1990 it was on this i think it was their second album this this album new thing and it's like you know, the hook, the chorus of the song is tearing down the walls of segregation, unity abroad, new revelation. It's like, I'm hearing these words and this is having a transformative impact on me because for the first time, like this tidy way that I had, you know, sort of been come up to understand the world uh, was was disrupted in a way that like, uh, you know, there's a lot that I don't know. And so it it, oh, wow. it started me listening to music very differently than I did you know just for sort of like pure fun and enjoyment uh and realizing that like there's something in this you know for for, for me to to learn from and there's a lot more going on so cool and, yeah i mean and uh but i love you remember the, how old you were if you don't mind me i asking. mean so yeah so this is when i first started following them you know i was probably only 10 or 11 it's like okay. a one of my best friends older sister was into you know so it's kind of like you have a a way yeah, that you, you know, right. you're brought into music that's sort of outside your own. Um, and so, you know, it was kind of introduced. And so DC when that, talk. yeah, when that, <laughs> when that single came out in 95, I would have been just 11, you know, so, nice. um, so yeah, Great. it was definitely stepping into my thing, but I remember, you know, uh, like I said, these guys definitely, you know, they were uh, hip hop, especially in their early music was kind of a significant part of their sound. And this was sort of as cheesy as it sounds, man, DC talk like this is, I had another buddy that lived across the street and I had taken a couple of their tapes over there. And I was like, you've got, you've got to listen to these guys. Like, this is, this is not like anything else that we had ever heard kind of thing. And, uh, and so I remember his dad came into the room and his dad heard me playing hip hop and Uh had no idea like, like who this group was. And this is like the closest I ever came to like being thrown out on my ear because like (laughs) Uh his dad was like, you're not going to bring hip hop into my house. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Like they're talking about, they're talking about God, just listen, you know, like give it a chance kind of thing. And it's like, as, as extreme as like some other people's you know experiences were I mean mine was pretty mild but I love especially for what music has become uh, and as you know a, a lot of this music you know from, from from that group from you know a lot of the CCM stuff like I'm not very well associated with that anymore and, and you know and a lot of it doesn't really hold up but I thought it was really important just in my own story to kind of give that context of like yeah. In this, in this strange place, like I find a love for hip hop. I find a love for like learning through music about these really deep, like meaningful social situations and that, you know, and uh, reflecting on that the last awesome. few days preparing it, it's just been really interesting, you know, to think about how much that has shaped me and, you know, and, and what I'm doing now. So, and you
1: probably just educated all of our younger listeners on uh, the fact that there was something in existence called a casingle that's right yeah
2: exactly
1: well man great answer great answer answer.
2: i i
0: I totally can relate to that i really appreciate the transparency there it has its place and i think uh i think you articulated that very well
2: but it leads into the next question in my opinion
0: because your love for dc talk obviously you like to get down so what song makes you dance
2: john bristow (laughs) regardless of where you are what you're doing yeah absolutely so Uh, I was debating on, gosh, do I, do I listen to Pinnell's episode before I do my own episode? Because (laughs) I had a, I had a feeling that somewhere (laughs) there was going to be some crossover because, you know, he and I, and our relationship together has been forged so much. I mean, through a lot of ways, but especially through music. Sure. So, um, but if you haven't listened to Pinnell's yet, you won't have any idea what I'm talking about. So the song (laughs) that whenever I hear this come on and it starts to thump, it doesn't matter where I am. If I'm sitting down, if I'm driving, if I it doesn't matter. Uh, when "Superstitious" comes on mm-hmm. by Stevie Wonder, I mean, I just I, you just can't help yourself. I mean, no sir, Stevie has got to be he's got to be the greatest musician of all time. I mean, we don't get into that question here, but uh, you know what what he's done and, and the groove on that song. Yeah, I mean, it's just irresistible. There's no
1: better so, opening riff, is
2: there? Yeah, there's not. No. There's absolutely not. So. That's, that's, that's it. it for me. Superstitious. That's it. That's it. You got to, you got to get up and dance when that, that song just slaps. And it doesn't matter I appreciate when it that. comes We on, just ended so. the
1: debate. Like we'll never have to ask that question again. Like, that's yeah, over. absolutely. <laughs> like,
2: well, anybody that has
0: that
1: answer is going to get a pass because you're right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. Well, the, you did mention John, that you and I are, are good friends and have a, have a, have a great relationship. And so honestly, this question to me is probably the most intriguing because I know you would cry at a Weird Al song. Like, it's like, 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 like I, know that, I know that you are a tender-hearted man. Um, Absolutely. And, and uh, so I just have to know, like, out of all the songs out there that tug at your heartstrings, what's the one song that
2: always makes you cry? Yeah, man. Yeah, so uh, so Pinellas exposed me here. I'm definitely an <laughs> empath. Uh, if you've seen The Holiday jude i'm a major weeper uh, <laughs> good reference but yeah it's it's you know uh, I, I actually told Panella i was like reading this question i was like what song doesn't make me cry how am i supposed <laughs> to answer this uh you know but i uh, the, the one that i put down here and and there's some good reason for it fix you by coldplay oh mm-hmm. wow and uh the reason for that is when that dropped um i had spent some time uh, in east africa and working among some people there for some summers during college and came back from that experience and i think it wasn't maybe it was around the same time actually that 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 song dropped but nonetheless that's another one of those transport songs for me and um that time in my life was definitely like I kind of look at my life anymore as like these series of deconstructions. I know it's such a trendy word in terms of, you know, our, our, our faith yeah. traditions, philosophies, whatever it is, but it's like, even before that was like a buzzword, like I could look at these distinct points in my life and see like where everything kind of comes all undone. And it's like, you're left with, you know, I don't, I don't even know what about anything anymore. And, uh, that's where the song came in for me. And, Um, And, you know, hearing those guys, you know, lights will guide your home and ignite your bone. Uh, And um, it just gave me, you know, it's like it it tapped into this, this emotional space that I was in at that time, just sort of feeling like gutted and raw, you know, coming back from uh, once again, you know, it's like my life uh, in growing up in, you know, America, middle white class, America, Pacific Northwest, what have you. Mm -hmm. And then spending, it was like 11 weeks that I was in East Africa in Uganda and Kenya. And, um, it just took my whole world apart. Sure. Talk about a
0: paradigm shift,
2: right? Yeah, exactly that. And it's like, uh, coming back from that trip, you know, is, is one of the most, uh, sort of disillusioned periods of my life where like uh-huh. I didn't really know how to make sense of anything anymore. Cause it's like, you know, how, 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 can these two experiences actually exist in the same world? Right. You know, and, and something about that, that Coldplay song, um, I remember we used it when we were doing a presentation to some peers about the experience and it's like, we put some photographs of like what we were doing into the song. And so when it gets to like the buildup with the guitar and then where the drums just to pat in it, you know, and it's, you get the tear stream down your face line, you know, and the whole thing. And it's like, it was such an emotional experience to sort of visually watch what we mm. had been up to uh, and sort of, you know, offer that up to our peers with sort of this music behind it. And so that song still um it's just is so moving to me um and the song is great in its own right but particularly attached to to those experiences in my life it's definitely i, I can't hear it without without getting getting worked up so
0: i get that for sure now would you consider those well you're, you're going to consider those healthy tears obviously but do you consider them happy tears
2: yeah it's interesting Man, that's an interesting question um I don't know. It's hard to say whether they're happy. I like the word healthy, mm-hmm. you know, because it's sort of allowing uh, the raw emotion of sort of having your world taken apart and kind of, but I, I, I don't know that I say that it's happy either other than the fact that like my experience abroad was an opportunity for me to um come to experience joy in people in a way that like I had never experienced in people at home. So I suppose in that sense, you know, talking about them being happy tears makes sense uh, because it, it showed me um, in a lot of ways, a better world, you know, a healthier way to exist uh, among one another and sort of, you know, with the land and things that I learned from people there. Um, But In a lot of ways, it's still painful because I don't, I I can't say as many years ago as that was now, you know, I I still tend to kind of oftentimes live in sort of that space of disillusionment feeling, Uh you know, this sense of like, I don't know how to make sense of what, you know, what, what's actually going on in the world around me, you know, the kind, you know. Um, the extravagance yeah. that people in the West live with, uh, you know, as opposed to uh, the way that the people in, in the third world live, you know, the juxtaposition of those things. And um, it's one of those things where it's like, you find that um, the answers are just uncomfortable as to sure. why those things are the way that they are. And so uh, those tears, I think it's hard, it's hard for me to call them happy tears because it continues to be an unsettling experience for me as that, which we need those, right? Those disruptive right. things that kind of keep us coming back to perspective and keep us learning. And so that, that song certainly does that for me.
1: Yeah. I fully appreciate that. Thank you for sharing. I that, know that's kind of the power of music Yeah, though, absolutely. Like to, to speak into those where we, we don't have the emotion to explain.
0: Right? Right. 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 Absolutely. They're doing us a service if we're willing to partake in it for sure. The songwriters are Yeah. Absolutely. speaking of a service. Um, I don't know if you were like me. I don't know if you heard mine. I was always the guy that got dumped, so I didn't have a go to breakup <laughs> song. But Mr. Bristow, if you did, what was your go to breakup song back
2: in the day? Dude, I, this is a hard this is a hard question for so many reasons. It's funny because like, you know, for, for most of my youth, I was and this, this hasn't necessarily changed all that much. I was, I was, I was in my head so much uh, and sort of so sort of keyed up, and you know that um, you, uh, right? Is that isn't, that isn't that just bizarre to hear that? I'm so glad that I've mellowed out and changed so much that I'm just I'm cool as a cucumber anymore, right? No uh but most of my experiences man like i didn't even get to the point where i got to have the relationship it was like <laughs> i was you know i was caught up on on a girl that like for whatever reason and i think it's just because i was probably too intense
1: <laughs> or so whatever pre- the reasons song. Behind it, but i feel
2: like my experiences were more the it was the yeah exactly so it was like the unrequited love mm. sort of experience by and large that you know that, that was most of my story You know, so it's like uh, it resonated when uh, when Adam Sandler covered Love Stinks in The Wedding Singer, (laughs) you know, and he's like going off (laughs) um, and that kind of thing. But it's like, you know, I was trying to think of like, you know, do I want to go with something, you know something like Wicked Game by Chris Isaac, sort of hmm. this, you know, that's such a brooding like it could also be the sexiest know, song. Yeah. Right. I mean it's yeah, right. Yeah. Like it's such a which could then um, lead to the best breakup. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um but actually I'm 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 going a different angle with this breakup song. Uh, okay. And this is kind of what what hit me uh is that there are lots of different kinds of breakups that we might have to go through in our oh. lives and our stories. Okay. Uh, and so when I really got my head around this question, I started thinking about uh, my journey and particularly having to break myself off from other kinds of relationships or uh, okay. people in my life that okay. um, I had to make, uh, had to come to a point where I made a clear distinction that uh, this is no longer uh, how I understand myself in, in this relationship and a song in recent years, um, and uh, I say that because, um, in the recent few years in my life and my story, um, I've, I've just been through some stuff in terms of, um, uh, mm-hmm. coming up against, uh, parts of my life and stories of my life where, you know, it's, um, through different kinds of trauma therapy. It's like, I've discovered a lot of stuff about my life and story. And so it's caused me to reevaluate a lot. And after a session of therapy a couple of years ago, this song came on. It was on a playlist of stuff that I had already put together. And I've heard this song countless times. We all have. It's, it's, sort of a, it's sort of an overplayed song in some ways, but it just hit me in this new way as I was kind of evaluating where I was in my particular story. It's the song Landslide by oh. Stevie Nicks, Fleetwood Mac.
0: Oh, yeah. Wow. And this the whole
2: concept of took my love and I took it down. Mm-hmm. Climb the mountain, and turn around. If you see my reflection, snow cl- snow covered hill. May the landslide bring it down. And it's you know, it's, if you look at the history, that song by Stevie, it's, it's, she, she tells three or four different stories about what was going on in her world when she wrote that song. But every single one of them sort of have this cohesive part to the narrative where it's like she was taking herself back, and the person that it was, or the the thing that it was that it was written about. Uh, was no longer allowed to be a part of or have power with her or over her. And so it's this idea of, you know, she's writes the song when she's in Colorado. She's sort of watched like this avalanche come down a hill and it's, you know, sparks this, you know, creative energy, just like it, it does with the great songwriters. And, um, you know, and it's like, if you get into the words of that song, it's like, whether it's a romantic breakup or any kind of breakup, I've been afraid of changing because I've built my life around you time makes you older even children and get bolder but i'm getting older too
0: mm-hmm.
2: and you know just that idea of uh taking yourself back claiming your own story back um that song uh if i were to now choose a breakup song uh even though i'm i'm totally changing the angle on y'all that no that's, that's, that's great that's where i went yeah so I,
0: I thank you that's a, that's a great perspective. Actually, that's a fantastic open up the doors for people like me to answer that question. <laughs> that's <perfect. laughs> interesting.
1: Okay. Yeah, well, exactly.
2: look. Th- those of us that didn't have very many relationships to break yeah, yeah. up from, <laughs> we, we can go a different way. <laughs> well, I don't want to stay
1: down here. We're down here. These questions are intentional. We kind of yeah. take you on a ride yeah, here. Yeah. So let's pick like, let's, this was it. a, a, it's a lighter question. Cause it's just like, it's, it's more of a factual. Sure, check yeah. in. It's just info. So so I mean, we started out with Alabama and Diamond Rio, and then next thing <laughs> we know, we're rocking Toby Mac and right, DC right. Talk. Um, but in all of these different plays, cassettes, yeah. CDs, records, streaming, Mr. Bristow, yeah. what album is probably no, what album is the album that you have listened to the absolute
2: most in your lifetime? Absolutely. I love it uh the album is rumors by Fleetwood Mac oh um I'm glad that that was easy for you it was well the thing is it wasn't um oh, okay. but <laughs> as I started to think about it um that album has always been around me and I mean it's just you know it's, it's I mean uh one of the greatest albums of all time you have all the conversations in the world about you know uh, where, where that ranks in terms of people's stuff it's it's a perfect album track track the track and you know but the reason that the album holds such a significance is the place that it holds in the story of myself and my wife and our Mm. story coming together. And Mm. so, you know, we've been married 14 years. We go back almost 20 years together. Um, And this album was one that uh, we we traveled together in college and sort of this like recruiting and music uh, experience that we were a part of. And That was, like, the album that I put on, and, like, we were both vibing that album together and talking about, like, the music we grew up on and, like, you know, how much it brought. And uh, ever since, like, that, that's just our album. That's your record, man. It's, like, you know, so we, you know, that that album is a part of every road trip, and it's, you know, I mean, it's just... Um and we would definitely put that on the turntable more than you know any other thing that we've listened to on Perfect. the turn- I think it's it's gotta be one of Perfect. the first. I'm a a vinyl collector. I I know it was one of the first like five or 10 albums that I sought out to start my vinyl collection. I got to get rumors back when you could buy vinyl for like two bucks or three bucks. Right. Exactly. Yep. So, I mean, so it's definitely, it's definitely rumors and I I certainly stand by that answer. You can't do much better than that. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Right. How You can't. You can't. So, well, well, that's an answer that you can uh, lift your head up high for.
0: You feel proud. It's a great sure, answer. Sure. You're not going to get a lot of argument that that no. album shouldn't be listened to frequently. Yeah, but absolutely. You might want to hang your head after this question.
2: <laughs> so what song is your biggest guilty pleasure? You know, uh, once again, I was trying to figure out like man, what, what do I go with with this? And the song I chose, I just love this track. And like, I'm not sure if I should feel guilty about this one at all, but it's definitely like an irresistibly catchy pop tune that like hit me in my coming of age years. And it's Love Fool by the Cardigans. Oh, like, dude, no way should you that, feel guilty. I mean, the Cardigans are just a fantastic band. I love I love their music all the way around. But, like, when that little Euro pop, like, intro thing comes on, oh, it's man. like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm there. I'm singing that song. And, you know, I just remember, um, you know, that started coming on the radio. I was hanging a lot with my cousin who was a few years older than me. So he was sort of another, like, music influence to me. It's like that's where that's where I first got into Nirvana and Pearl Jam mm-hmm. and, you know, all of the stuff that was kind of of that era, but man, for whatever reason, <laughs> when Love Fool came on the radio, it's like, that's, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's not necessarily like, it's not, a not a dude jam necessarily, but it's a great I mean, song. It's, oh my gosh. It's such, so catchy, so irresistible, so timeless. So, I mean, that's, that's Perfect. the first thing that popped into Perfect. my mind is like the guilty pleasure. Like I love that. Like though. poppy. Yeah, I just I, I love it. And did
1: I, you know, you were talking earlier about, you know, getting into the the TikTok. Um right, you know yeah. that TikTok has actually brought that song back to the charts? That song's like popular with kids again. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's fantastic. True, true story. Yeah. It, That's it, fantastic. It's like, yeah, it's awesome. Great answer, man. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, look. We're again. We're, we're taking you on a ride on purpose. We're asking you all over the place, and this song, I'm, I, I never know what's going to come from our guest. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because we all interpret this differently. I mean, from Marvin Gaye to Alan Jackson, apparently. Yes, apparently. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. man, we want to know in your opinion, what is the sexiest song ever made?
2: Yeah. So, um, let's see. I was actually getting ready uh, for the. Where do we need to go when we work out anger? But I'll shift gears here, and we'll. Maybe, oh, you probably have the come... old order. Do I have the old order? I'm sorry yeah. about that. Okay, shifting gears, not anger. We'll Sexy get to your time. anger. I after mean, it, sex. Can, it can be angry, but that's like your yeah, that's no, your business. Absolutely right. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry if I had an old version of the the list here. So, yeah. So, sexiest song. This one's funny because this is one of those songs that I, I mentioned said a lot already about sort of how I grew up, the context of that, some of the parameters around that. And I just remember, you know, uh, the fir- when this song dropped, it was the first time that I heard a song like that. I had I had ears to hear, like right. and know exactly <laughs> like what was going on, and I was sort oh. of like taken aback, and I was like, I was like like this is on the radio like i can't believe that you know and it's like i had to turn it off and make sure nobody else was listening uh you know but the song was pony by genuine like (laughs) how do you
1: know
2: that that, you know that riff comes in by timberland and it's like and then the song just goes off and i remember that was the first time the song just caught me and i was like the right age to be like whoa like (laughs) like this is this is there like this is raw (laughs) And so, um, It's not necessarily like a favorite tune by any means, but I just remember that like distinct moment sort of like in that adolescence that song drops and it like for the first time that really like blew my mind open raw sexuality in a song. And it's like, here we are, we're going for it. And I was like, man, I don't know anything about this, but I'm in. I'm in. What are we doing here? So, so is that why that
1: was the song that you guys walked out on your wedding to? That's That's (laughs) what a great pick man that that makes perfect sense to me <laughs> yeah yeah
2: absolutely all right where are we where are we going
1: next John? uh let's see okay so we're gonna get so what we want to not uh, is anger we want to go from one okay. thing to the other yeah. Okay, and, yeah and so so i think everyone has this song or songs but for you like what song do you just go to when you have to work out anger
2: absolutely yeah so yeah that's actually when I, when I took the question on, it was sort of another one of those things where it, it took me back to a time where I felt like more than any other time I was working through a lot of, of anger about a lot of different things in the world. And so, um, this one's maybe slightly lesser known to some people, uh, but it was a band that was really kind of on the, on the up and coming. They were a big deal for just a minute, but for a minute, they were also like, I mean, again, this was like my band that you know, for a couple of years, like I was just—it was one of the only things that I was listening to consistently. But the album um is "I the Storm," and the band is Blindside. Oh, yes. yes, Blindside yeah, you're for company. me, yeah. And the Blindside, you know, so this the song, particularly on that album, the final track, the the uh, about a burning fire song, the. Mm-hmm. the I thought about fire. Yeah. Um, that's like i thought about fire. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and it's like that was like for that time in my life blindside might be one of the more heavy bands that i've ever been into mm. like as um you know i've not, never been a super like major metalhead and you know but they were sort of that like post-hardcore and mm. you know um and i i hated that they disappeared they had a like sort of a Me series too. of unfortunate events that like kind of pulled the rung out from underneath like where they were going as a band. But I remember going to their show Uh uh, on that tour and we were in this tiny little venue. Uh, I'm trying to remember what that venue was called. It doesn't exist. It was in, in Portland. Um, and, um, might have been called like the meow meow or something 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 like that i don't know if that i don't know if that's right but we'll anyway we'll go with meow, yeah meow. it was this is this little venue that they're playing in and it's like christian the you know the, the front dude for that is just he's, he's out he you know it's like he's out like hanging from the rafters walking over the crowd and we were all just in that moment like screaming our asses off for uh-huh. these tunes and it's like that that still to this day is one of those I've never had another concert moment quite like that, where it was just such a tightly like packed room of people like screaming the hell out of these tunes. And it's like for where I was at that life in my moment, like there was there was no other album, you know, that, that did it for me like that one. And like not to mention that, like that album itself, it's like you get three or four songs in and they hit you with Shekinah. Uh-huh. Which is like right. totally like yes. atmospheric, like vibey thing that like yeah, and it's like you go from like raging into the experience of the, of that tune, and and then they take you right back up, kind of like you're doing in the show, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, that just when I uh, and I, I still turn back to that album from time to time. Oh heck yeah! I, if I'm if I'm really in those feels, it's like that's that's the one that um, yeah, that's the one that'll that'll do it for me, and I can get that 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 scream on. So. I love it. I love that
0: you brought them up. We're huge fans. And if yeah. anything, if this podcast hits people's ears, and it's the first time they've ever heard about Blindside. I know, right? Thank you, John Bristow. <laughs> thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. We,
1: we've seen them together.
0: Yes, live. we have. have oh, I that's
2: have. awesome. That's awesome.
0: So this is not necessarily anger based, but what song do you play when you need to get pumped up, John?
2: Yeah, I was trying to figure out like, where where to go with this one. It's like, you know, initially like the cliche songs are, are hitting your head. It's like, you know, my kids, you know, have recently gotten into, we will rock you. So like, that's part of our, like, you know, we get that arena, like stadium anthem going. And that's us thinking back to like, uh, you know, as younger, like, you know, lose yourself by Eminem, like such a big, like, I mean, and that, in in a lot of ways, like that song really still, you know, it's like, it'll come back around and it's still, you know, kind of got that energy but I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go sort of a different way on this one too. Uh, and it's, and it's, it's sort of funny and deeper at the same time. Um, and it has to do with, uh, again, there's just been some things that have come up in life in the last couple of years that have really sort of, they've sort of taken me into a wilderness, unlike really anything that I've ever experienced before. And, and I, I have this distinct memory of, uh, I was helping my son get to bed one night. I'm like, uh, And I would always, you know, sneak my earbuds in while I'm trying to like help him like settle and lay down. So I'm listening to something, you know, while I'm trying to help him get to sleep and the whole works. And, uh, I'm still in the middle of like dealing with some really deep grief and, uh, you know, and reevaluating, you know, some, some things from life and, um, really some, some things, some people that like had a hold on me in ways that I just never, you know, like I never really, uh, understood until just kind of recent years of life, kind of how those things can just all of a sudden come up in your late thirties and you're like, yeah, yeah. what's going on? So the song, uh, as deep as that moment sounds is roar by Katy Perry.
1: Whoa. And,
2: <laughs> and that song came on. And I just remember I'm laying there next to my son trying to get him, uh, I'm trying to get him to go to sleep. I just, I start weeping like to this, this Katy Perry song roar. And it was something about, that song and the spirit of like reclaiming your voice Mm -hmm. like that you've got a voice like that you've got a place of power that like people are going to hear what you have to say and you're worth something uh and it's a for pop tune it's got a lot of you know and so that that song hit me and it was like that that it pushed me through sometimes. I that's mean, here I, here I am like in this low moment and Katy Perry comes in and we're, we're going to roar together. And, uh, it was definitely like, uh, a song that helped me, uh, continue on in my journey, like re- reclaiming things, reclaiming my own life and my own story. And so, um, that, that song even still now, uh, sometime later when it comes on, it comes up on a scent. That's one of the songs uh-huh. that's in there. It's like, we're everywhere from pop to jazz to hip hop to what you know everything but you know katy perry's got her place in there too too so, love yeah. that oh it's so good katy freaking perry isn't yep. that funny every time so maybe that maybe that's a guilty pleasure and uh and a pump up song and, All and also some, somehow something deeper I've just made of it now too. So well look we're getting into the last the last couple of questions I
1: think are kind of intended to be harder. Maybe even real, controversial maybe even controversial. Especially this one, um, yeah. I, we, Tom and I are already receiving hate mail for our <laughs> So. Um, I love um, it. Look, man, you're you're a budding music critic, obviously. Um, so, in, in your um, critical ears, out of all the music out there, what would you say is the most overrated album <laughs> of all time?
2: I love this question uh, <laughs> only because um, you know I am. Uh, not one to like, I'm, I'm not one to try to be controversial or like make a statement. It's like my whole personality is like, like, let's, let's keep the peace. I love how this like pushes me to like, think of something that's like, okay, like what, what can I say? That's going to like, you know, is going to stir this thing up. And, and so uh, it, it forces me to be contrarian, which is not really like my normal MO. So I, we will I love forgive it. you. No, yeah. it's good for you. <laughs> it is good for me. Um, and the thing is, like, I hope I hope where I went with this is not sidestepping the question too much. Um, but I definitely, um, I definitely think, uh, and I have some reasons for this. And I, th- I think the most, the most, literally, the most overrated album of all time is *Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Called Band* by the Beatles. Nice. Um, okay. And I say that. Um, I say that mostly because uh for years that album by the beatles was like always at the top of like every list that you saw it's like came out like the greatest album of all time greatest album of all time and the thing is like i don't even think that's the best beatles record like agreed i think that that you know it's like before before i'm talking sergeant pepper and i'm i'm i like the beatles so it's this is not me uh this is not me making a statement that it's a terrible album. And I wish I wish I could have come up with something that was like definitively like I just hate this album. Oh, this and makes like sense. I have never, but like but for you know, thinking about the question like the most overrated. Well, I think I think I would say Sergeant Pepper's the most overrated because it sat at the top of, of lists forever about being the greatest yep. of all time. And I just can't like I can't get behind that at all, you know. Even in their own like, canon. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, you know, I, Revolver might be my favorite, you know, but i put, I'd put Rubber Soul. I'd put White Album. I'd put um, Rubber Soul. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's several, um, um so yeah, I, I, I would say that that Perfect. one in my mind, it's a great, it's a great album, honestly. Right. And there's stuff in it that I enjoy, but I think it's, in my opinion, Some like people talk about the the studio perfection of it, you know, how it was this response to pet sounds and, and what have you. And it's like, they sat and did all of these things, but it's like, for all the work they put into it, it seems pretty disjointed to me. Like it's like, they were it's like, they're trying to follow a concept and they get maybe three songs in and they're like, okay, we're done talking about Sergeant Peppers and we'll we'll do all this other stuff. We'll talk about the benefit of Mr. Kite. And, and when we get to B 64, you know, and it's like, to me, it just, it's all over. And I like, I like some of those songs. Um, you know, a day in the life is, is, you know, a masterpiece, but like, yeah, so I would say, uh, and maybe it's maybe that's that's nothing no. new to say or not necessarily that controversial, but I I definitely think Sergeant Pepper's Great is answer, overrated man. in the place that it that it typically holds in a lot of lists.
0: That's perfect. I think I think perfect. I think you're safe. As a matter of fact, I think you're so safe. You should just give everyone your home address. And
2: find out <laughs> that, that nobody will be upset by that answer yeah i think yeah. and that's the thing is that's what i was trying to find something that would be more contrarian than that but no that's a pretty good uh, you have good it, reasons though you're, you're
1: treading on holy ground there.
2: So i that mean really for yeah. some for yeah. some people yeah, yeah i suppose so well here's a yeah. good
0: one too then john it, you, you've told us what the most overrated is and i i'll let you that's fine i don't even disagree with you i understand what you're saying but what is objectively the best album that's ever been made yeah, so not have had to my, be the one you've listened to the most, by the way. Absolutely,
2: yeah. I mean, so I've had my mind made up about this for a very long time, um, and oh. um, it's so you didn't have to think about I, it. I, I yeah, which is which is crazy, right? It's crazy that I had one that just right off the bat I was immediately able to answer this. But it's definitely for me. It's it's what's going on by Marvin Gaye um Mm. and that album you know way before i think it was just a year or two ago that rolling stone finally Mm -hmm. bumped that one up to the top of their list of greatest albums of all time you know and it's like they you know finally you know like finally recognized the brilliance of that album but it's like man you talk about not only like musically, sonically, what's happening on that album. I don't know if you've ever like taken the time. They have they have tracks where you can go and just listen to Martin's vocals like oh, isolated insane. from that. It's yeah. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. So not only what he's doing vocally and you know what the what you know the, the cohesion of the album sonically. Um, but the thing the reason that I think uh and this, this has everything to do with kind of you know, the the impetus behind Ascent, even in what I'm doing, is like the significance that that album holds socially, uh, in, in our culture. I just don't, I don't, I don't see how there will ever be an album that can surpass what that album has done for people, Uh, particularly for people of color, but, but I mean, but, but not even just for people of color, it's like, um, you know, he, he touches on these major social issues throughout the album. um, and in a way that was, you know, Marvin wasn't, you know, uh, you know, it's like Sly Stone, Curtis Mayfield, some of those others had brought some of those, that social consciousness into R and and soul before Marvin did it. But Marvin put, you know, Marvin put together this masterpiece that like, mm-hmm. you know, he was even able to weave in elements of, you know, of faith into the conversation in oh, a way was sure. So poignant and relevant. And, you know, and I, and I just think, so the, the legacy, the place that that holds, you know, uh, you know, one of the reasons, one of the reasons behind me starting Ascent was, you know, in the middle of 2020, mm-hmm. when we're in the middle of all of this social unrest and, you know, we're, you know, we're seeing people killed in our streets. We're dealing with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all of these, you know, we've got riots in the streets. <clears throat> where, where do you turn? Where do I turn? I turn to Marvin, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, I'm going to sit, I'm going to listen to Marvin and it was killing me. Like I got all these great invitations from people to join like book clubs, you know, with these like important voices who were writing about these social issues and these books that we all do need to be reading and, you know, and invited into film study clubs and seeing, you know, these important movies that held these messages that can be, you know, these centerpieces for us having these important social conversations. But for me in the moment, in the middle of 2020, I'm like, where's the space where we're going to get together and talk about what's going on
1: Mm. or
2: fight the power or the miseducation of Lauren Hill, or these, these bodies of work, you know, by these artists that, um, you know, have these incredibly poignant uh, things to, to tell us, to teach us. uh, And, and for those to be the centerpiece of conversation for these important things going on socially. So, I mean, in my mind, and not, you know, not only that, it's like, Marvin changed Motown. Marvin mm-hmm. set Stevie Wonder loose to have probably the most productive five years oh, for of sure. any artist ever. You know, when he goes from Music of My Mind all the way through Songs in the Key of Life, that whole, you know, no artist has ever had a better stretch of five years than that year, those years of Stevie Wonder. And it's like, and but, but not but, without but, what's going but, on. Yeah, exactly. Like Stevie was given the freedom to do what he did because Marvin put down what's going on sort of against. Against the better judgment of Motown, you know, and it's like he, you know, he broke the mold. So I just think the significance of that um, album—it's not just about the music for me. It's about what that album has done, what it's meant, and I think, um, I think it—it will continue to always be the most timeless and important record that's ever been made.
1: You'll get no argument from me. It's a wonderful answer. (laughs) And nothing. Like you have anything to add? There's nothing to add to that. No. I don't have to add to that. That would be stupid. <laughs> so well, look, let's just, let's, we. the last two, I'm just going to get straight to this one because I, I'm feeling like I get this picture of who this man is. Yeah. But this, this question might be completely different than what I'm thinking. Like in all these, this music you've talked about, or maybe you haven't even talked about it. What song most defines who you are?
2: Sharp Dressed Man by ZZ Top. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Wow! Um,
1: <laughs> I was like, Clear- huh. clearly, I <laughs> did not see that coming. <laughs>
2: that was funny. That was just like a, a family band growing up, and I was like, after all I've said here, how ironic would it be if I went with ZZ Top? And uh... it would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and awesome. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I. There were several songs that I sort of sifted through here, um and you know, a, a favorite tune that kind of captures so much of my heart. Uh, the first song that actually aired on Ascent is One Day by Modest Yahoo. Oh nice. Um, you know, I grew up loving Heart of Gold by Neil Young. Uh, you know, so those were some, but actually, um, the song that I that I chose for this, uh, slightly newer, this artist has been around about 10 years now. Um, but he has become um, man, just one of my favorites. Uh he's a he's a singer-songwriter. Um and just, uh, he's got three albums to date. Each one of them, he's just grown as an artist, and uh, it just he just continues to blow my mind in terms of what he what he does, what he stands for. But on his on his first album, uh, the artist Michael Kiwanuka had this song uh, that's called "I'm Getting Ready."
1: I knew you're gonna say that. Oh, so really? good. <laughs> oh.
2: And this song, um, you know, so I'm, you know, and, and listening to me talk, you know, it's like you get the sense that like number one, obviously I'm an empath, right? Like I, I feel people's feels, you know, I resonate with, with stories, what people are going through. And at the same time, I think one of the, the places I live out of, um, most deeply is just a sense of being a dreamer, you know, imagining hmm. the way that, uh, the world ought to be mm-hmm. and hoping that we can, you know, get ourselves there. And what I love about this song is that uh, for those two parts of myself, this song like perfectly sits in those tensions, wow. uh, which, which is sort of where I've learned to live r- life, right? Is like the tensions of like the world as we hope it will be one day and then being real about how it is at this moment, you know, yeah. and that we're not there yet, right? Yep. Uh, that's actually, if you want the secret to what we're doing with the scent, the secret to our, our recipe, it's equal parts truth and hope, right? So we're true and real about, uh, how life is at the moment. Uh, we're not afraid uh, of those songs that that say it like it is. And then at the same time, we put that right next to songs that are hopeful songs that help us look toward the world as we want it to be that we're working for. And it's like, that's, that's the, you know, uh, don't steal my idea, please. But it's like, that's what we're doing with the scent, <laughs> is trying to live in, in that space. Um, and I love uh, that. And so I, I, you know, I wanted I wanted to give you uh, some of, some of the lyrics to this song, uh, and the lyrics are, are somewhat simple, uh, but if you know Michael Kiwanuka, if you haven't heard him, you've got you've got to st- stop listening to me. Go look up Michael Kiwanuka, sit with his music, uh, because uh, he's he's an artist that will change you. He's got this soulful, like Bill Withers kind of classic throwback mm. vibe. Uh, his first album's pretty acoustic, but he's got some you know, some great, uh, uh, R&B sort of soulful. I mean, he's just, um, he's this brilliant artist, but, uh, this song, some of the lyrics here, uh, Oh my, I didn't know what it means to believe. Oh my, I didn't know what it means to believe, but if I hold on tight, is it true? Would you take care of all that I do? Mm. Oh Lord, I'm getting ready to believe. Oh my, I didn't know how hard it would be. Oh my, I didn't know how hard it would be, but if I hold on tight, is it true? Would you take care of all that I do? Oh Lord, I'm getting ready to believe. Then we'll be waving hands, singing freely, singing, standing tall. It's now coming easy. no more looking down. Honey, can't you see? And he goes back into the refrain. So with those lyrics, and like I said, he's just got this transformative voice and Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a really lightweight song, but it lives in that space that it's a, a, a word for it is that liminal space. You know, it's like, um, I can be honest about how hard things are right now and still have my sights set on that day that we'll be waving hands, singing freely. Things are coming easy. Um, and I, you know, I'm a, I'm a dreamer in the sense of, you know, John Lennon, imagine like, I think if we just join, you know, I hope someday you'll join us and we'll mm-hmm. live as one. Like, I hope, I hope that's where we're going. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that Michael captures that spirit. Uh, and that's, you know, that, that, that's, I, if I was to, right now sort of put a mantra, uh, to song in my life. It would, it would be this song and living in that space and and standing with people in that space. So
1: such a great answer. I mean, such a great answer.
0: Yeah. I, that's a beautiful definition of any person and kudos (laughs) if it defines you. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. So this, this last question is intentionally a bit grim because nobody really wants to consider this, but it's, I think, I think it's important to consider especially for somebody like yourself who is an empath, who has Mm -hmm. a a deep compassion for the world and you have hope for how it could be better. So let's imagine in the future, you're no longer with us, John Bristow. And the only way that you can tell your story is to leave behind an album, Mm -hmm. your legacy album. Mm -hmm. What do you leave behind? So the world knows who you are and what you're all
2: about. Mm -hmm. I love the question. Um, it's certainly rare for me to think about big things like this, obviously. Like I just don't, I don't, I don't think in the big picture very often. Uh, no, no, the album that I, that I came up with, um, is honky chateau by Elton John. Really? Wow. Um, Wow. Not only is that one of my favorite albums of all time, uh, Elton is my favorite singer, uh, of all time. Uh, but that album, um, Man, um, what Elton covers on that album, you know, it's like it starts out with, you know, the radio hit Honky Cat and, you know, that's got, you know, that's got its own charm too. It's a great song, you know, sort of about this idea of coming back to your roots, coming back to your places. I love, you know, it's a great album opener. But that album just slays. I mean, just song after song of tapping into um, these major parts of life. My favorite Elton tune um, is the song Salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this uh I think it's the first track on side two, maybe the second track on side two. And it turns this idea of salvation, which you know, oftentimes people of faith kind of think about this in like an otherworldly like afterlife. Like, you know, it's like we we want to make sure we got our, our stuff together so that you know we go the place we want to after we die.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And Elton turns that whole idea and concept on its head. Uh, and it's Elton and Bernie. And I want to make sure I say that because uh, it'd be sure. a disgrace sure. not to put those two together. I think as a songwriting duo, like I truly don't really know if I know anybody that's better than, than what the two of them have done in their body work. But so Elton and Bernie, you know, capture this image of salvation, meaning uh, hungry children are fed uh, salvation, meaning that we have these willing hands that come together to build the world that we want to live in. Um, so we're not waiting on something to come from outside of us and all of a sudden just change things, but it's like salvation is when we get our hands dirty. It's when we, it's when we step in and do the hard work and stand alongside one another. Uh, and it's just this profound song. It wasn't a radio hit at all. Like I didn't know it until I bought, uh, honky chateau on vinyl uh and just started absorbing that and i've i've just absorbed that album over and over but um another song on that album that just changed my life is, is rocket Man. um mm. rocket man is one of my favorite songs of all time yeah um and uh, everybody does know that one and uh what elton is able to do in that song what elton and bernie are able to do with the words of that song and the and sonically the space that that song creates you know, musically, another changing point for me was sort of when I really dove deep into classic rock. Um, I kind of got tired of everything that was happening, like in mainstream uh, mm-hmm. music, when I was, you know, in high school and especially in college. And that's when I started really digging and collecting vinyl and all that stuff. I don't remember it was all these songs. You know, you hear all these songs about wild nights and you know, reckless women, and you know, all these you know sort of classic rock themes that are just you know, sort of you know. And then and then Rocket Man comes on. And you've got Elton like cutting through all of this other stuff with this like profoundly beautiful song. And I remember when I uh, that the juxtaposition of that to so much of the other stuff that is sort of typical, uh, sort of recycled themes. And 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 you got the song that you know Elton is describing this sense of of isolation. You mm-hmm. know that he feels, you know, he doesn't feel at home in where he comes from. He's misunderstood. Um, that's that's literally you know i had a hard time not picking this song for the last question because Mm -hmm. in in a sense uh i feel like that that uh that that sense of isolation uh, of living in a space of hopefulness and then at the same time like um feeling misunderstood uh among people and um anyway the album um, so good Not just, you know, not just those songs, but it's like, uh, if you've never taken the time, please, I'm, I'm pleading with you. If you've never taken the time to sit and listen to Honky Chateau front to back, uh, it's an album that will change your life. Um, and it's certainly the album that if I were to say, you know, this is, this is what I want to leave people with. it's what I want people to listen to, uh, and, and remember me by, so to speak. Uh, it's, it's that one. Wow, you've got great taste. (laughs) That's an awesome answer.
1: (laughs) So good. Thanks so much. The the beauty of all these questions, from the first one to the last one, is as everybody interprets them differently. Everybody Mm -hmm. answers them differently, and then and then the idea is to to try to get a picture of who that person is by their choices. And Mm. I think, I mean, it. I couldn't have predicted the choices, but when you say them, I'm like, oh yeah that fits what he mm. described a scent to be that fits what i know you to be as a a friend a husband a dad like mm. it's like and only sometimes only music can could, could, could show that to right. us and open mm. that picture up you know of of someone that but every one of these songs there is i mean as strange as it sounds from katy perry to blindside <laughs> yeah 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 to marvin gay there is there is a through line in all those mm. and it's 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 at least the songs you picked, they're not empty. They're mm-hmm. substance, mm. right? Wouldn't you yeah. say
0: they're grounded with this sense of ascension. Like like it makes sense to me that Ascent is Ascent radio. That that's a perfect name for mm. the radio station that you built because all of these songs and albums that you chose, they're grounded in reality with this projection toward a hopefulness. Mm. They're, you know, an ascension it up. makes perfect sense
1: up, up towards mm. something better yeah up towards something yeah. better yeah for sure man so mm. thank you so absolutely. much. absolutely just a fantastic i hope you enjoyed it as much as we did
2: absolutely Thanks. i did It was a blast it was a blast well, before we let you go and we
0: will i promise is there anything <laughs> else that you want to tell folks to look out for or, or any new projects you have coming up or things about maybe ascent.fm that you want to tell them
2: yeah shoot I just front loaded it with everything kind of all the should have no, saved okay. the should have saved the whole Tiki Tok announcement for uh, for the end here to <laughs> say look look out for us there and give us a follow but uh yeah just you know I mean so I guess one of the things to say you know is if you check out the station uh, you're digging what you what you hear uh, make sure you go on our website and and throw us a couple bones a month I mean we're a we're a listener supported model in terms of what we're trying to pull off in the world here and so if music is important to you Uh, You know, we're, uh, we're licensed with all of the major publishing bodies. So, you know, when we, when you hear a tune on our station, the royalties are going to those artists and stuff. That's an important part of what we do. So we'd, I mean, we'd love to have you on board as a listener, as a participant in, you know, what we're trying to do in terms of creating conversation. But I mean, certainly, uh, certainly join the climb with us. And, uh, you know, and if you, if you dig what you, what you're hearing and, and want to be a part of that mission, uh, we'd love to have your support in any way that we can. So perfect. Excellent. And hey, what's the website? Yeah. www.ascent.fm. Fantastic.
1: Well, Mr. Bristow, thank you for your time. Thank you, sir. And, My and honor. Hey, hopefully we can sit down and do this in person one day soon.
2: Let's do. I love it. Peace. Thanks right. buds.